I, I have kind of settled on a style, and so I can kind of I'm kind of curate all of my interests to kind of meet the style that I'm kind of going for, you know. And I think at this point, like I'm just this like I'm a '90s kid, man. You know, I was born in the '90s. I, I I got to experience life before technology took over, and then I got to experience life when technology did take over, and so I kind of can exist in both worlds. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. And today's episode is the second part of a two-part conversation with the amazing Nico Everball. If you haven't heard the first part, please listen to last week's episode before continuing. Thank you very much. As well as shooting his own work, Nico is a huge advocate for community. He runs two Instagram pages, Nightfall and Blues Day, with the intention of supporting both upcoming and highly revered artists in the photographic community. It's hard to determine if that comes across though, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's subjective, you know, because all art is, you know, some people will will get it and some people won't. And that's totally cool. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm putting it out there for the people to see it and how they feel about it. It's going to be based off their own experience. Um, most of the time I post stuff that made me feel something because like I told you earlier, like it's my digital diary yeah. first. And so um, it's a place that I can go to and escape into for a minute. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when my life was like this. And I was living in Hawaii or when I was living in New York or when I used to look like this. And now I look like this. It's like it's cool. It's like a little time capsule in a way for, me, you know, and it always will be. I mean, the world will continue to change as we get older. And, you know, it, it might look a lot different. We might not have power lines anymore, you know, in the future because yeah. the Technology will be there and you won't have you won't ever be able to get that shot again of the shoes dangling yeah. off the line, you know or like that old you know farm building that's all you know practically falling apart like they might demolish that next year you might miss out on it you know and so it's it's cool to capture little little snippets of the world and its present moment but even try to make it look older than what it is or even newer than what it is because you know you can go both you can go both uh, directions with it. You can make things look really old timey or you can make it look really futuristic and like cyberpunk. And I'm attracted to both worlds personally. Like I love, I love cyberpunk aesthetics, but I also really, really love like old world and like abandoned stuff, like stuff that's been forgotten or left behind. And it's just there for you to, to capture if you are in the right place, the right time for it. You know? So, okay, let's kind of get into your creative process. Are there any particular routines that help you focus on your art? Not, not entirely. Um, you know, when I do a photo shoot, I, I'm not somebody that'll go straight home and edit the pictures. I'll usually wait a day or two and then I'll start editing and, and everything. I would say for me, the only thing I can think of in terms of a routine is, you know, when I have a collection of photos, I'll just pick out the ones that I really like first and then I'll put them in an album and then I'll go away for a day. I'll come back, slim it down even more if I need to, or even just look through all of them one more time and make sure I didn't miss any, you know, um, cause you can get fried looking at the same kind of image, oh, yeah. you know, like, and I'm somebody too, like some, there's some shoots I do where, um, you know, it's on drive mode and it's just, you know, rapid fire shots and they all look pretty much the same, but the focus, I'm trying to find the one that has the best focus or has the best, like um the best detail and has the best shape you know i work with a lot of like a uh, flow artists that do like um silks and fans and stuff like that so 
and, and like they wear like long dresses and stuff. So getting the fabric to look the way that I want it to look when it's flowing in the wind outside or something, it's really important too. And so, um, you know, but I take my time with that. Um, and then, you know, I'll go through and start editing. I'll usually will pick a, I'll usually pick my favorite picture out of the shoot and I'll edit that one first. And then I'll kind of use that edit as the base for how I want to edit the rest of them. And, uh, and then sometimes I'll even pick out different edits. Like I'll do a cool edit and then I'll do a warm edit and then I'll do like a black and white edit. So there's options, you know, um, but that's, a, uh, you know, that's if I'm feeling extra generous with my time, <laughs> but yeah, as far as routines go, I don't really have one, um, in terms of like going out and shooting when I'm just, if I have some free time and I'm in the mood, I'll do it. Or if I'm just out doing like running errands or something and I see something cool, I'll just whip out my phone or I'll have my camera on me and I'll just drop it in. But, um, that's just kind of where I'm at right now with, um, you know, living out here in Texas and working a lot. When I was in Portland, it was kind of like a, okay, once a week, like I'm going to go out and take photos. Like I would make myself go out and do that no matter what the weather was. And that was really nice. But I kind of do a lot of my photography right now based on like my own experiences and what I'm out doing, like from going, you know, somewhere interesting or if I'm like making a trip to the beach or something like that. So, yeah, but I think once um, I'm a little bit more business oriented with it and I'm making, you know, um, reservations to like have shoots with people, like I, it'll be a little easier for me to like have that routine down because I'll, uh, you know. I'll have commitments that I need to meet, you know, I'll, you know, I, I'll have a, like a two week period to get people their pictures back or whatever. So yeah, but right now there's not much of a routine for me. I just kind of whip out my phone and camera for whatever feels interesting. Usually if there's a storm rolling in, I'll like take my camera out to my balcony and try to capture some lightning and stuff like that. You know, that's, that's kind of, been, it's kind of been the routine lately because uh, there's not much else to photograph right now, or at least, um, to my accessibility, I have to put in a little extra effort to go out and take the shots I want to out here. But, you know, I'm getting into doing more of that, you know, now that I am, um, I'm freeing up a little bit more of my time, making time for it. But that goes back to what we were saying earlier about like, just because you don't have what you want, doesn't mean you can't create with what you have. Oh, you there's know? so much, there's so much cool things to take pictures of out here. There's so many cool museums and arts districts, like, this is a little hidden playground out here. I mean, even in the suburb part that I live in, like there's cool, you know, like shots, you know, there's like all sorts of little hidden nooks and crannies and little places to be discovered. So it's just a matter of making the time for it. And that's just something I haven't done a lot of. So I need to do more of that. <laughs> yeah, but that will come, that will come ironically within time because, you know, obviously sure. you're working, you're busy, you have a life. You know, the problem is that with art, like, being a being a full-time artist and being a professional artist is a full-time job which means you need to put the time in and you know right. if you're not at the point where you can do that then you know you shouldn't beat yourself up because you can't put you know the time in like you're busy you have other responsibilities you're busy right. and actually at the minute i keep saying at the minute or like recently it's something else that's really on my mind in terms of like why is there such a need for people to need to be full-time artists why can't we just be happy with being part-time because I think at the end of the day, not everyone has accessibility to be able to sit in a studio and create all day or have the accessibility to go out and shoot all day, right. you know? And sometimes that's going to stifle you because you're constantly involved in that world. You have no break from that. And then you're yeah. relying upon that to pay your bills. So therefore you have to create whether you want to or not. Exactly. And then on top of that too, like my life 
uh, uh, personally, like I, my work-life balance sucks. Like I literally have at my job 40 hours a week if I want to, you know, survive. And so that kind of cuts into a lot of it. And, you know, even though it's an eight hour shift, it's actually a nine hour shift after lunches. And then you add in an extra hour or so of the commute. So yeah, of course. 10 hours out of my day, I'm spent doing something for, you know, another company that's not even in the industry that I'm inter- interested in. But, you know, you have to do it because how are you going to afford, life. you know, yeah. yeah, that's life. So, yeah, you know, if I um, if I was a part time employee and making good money, like I could definitely put a lot more time into my creative endeavors. But that's just not the dice I got right now. And I'm OK with that. You know, I think um, the goal is to create a biz, you know, a business out of this on the side that can eventually replace my day job. Um, and that takes a lot of time, but yeah, I mean, even then, like, I wouldn't want to do it full time. Like you said, like, I, I actually am not a big fan. Like I love, I love the idea of editing, but I hate having to sit down and do, you know, (laughs) like, and, and I haven't, and I haven't actually like put in the time to make presets to where I can just one click and then micro adjust everything like I should have, you know, a long time ago. Um, I like to edit every picture kind of individually. <laughs> Thanks. I did the same thing. I, I edit everything completely separately. I don't really think about them necessarily being uniform in that same way. Um, I just don't. I just don't really have the need. But I think, again, those things will come in time, you know. But like at the minute, what I'm really thinking about at the minute is you know, I talk to a lot of part-time artists and I talk to a lot of full-time artists. I'm trying to think about like, how can I bridge that gap? How can I get the part-time artists talking to the full-time artists and the full-time artists talking to the part-time artists? Because the one question everybody wants to know is how do you become a full-time artist? And I feel like that surely there's somewhere I can bridge that gap and make that conversation happen, surely. Um, so it's that's just my... It's just tough because everyone comes from different, you know, lives. Yeah. And I'm, you know, for example, like I'm not a trust fund kid. You know, I literally... I've had to work, you know, I'm, I'm just middle-class man. So, and my parents do like, they, they're very um, successful, but successful for the middle-class, you know, so we, you know, they don't, they don't have, you know, $2,000 trust check to write me every month for me to go do whatever I want to do with it, you know, or put it towards my bills. And then I, the money I make for my job, I can put towards what I want to do. It's like all of the money I make is already going to something else. And then maybe if I have some leftover, I can invest it into, you know, what I want to do creatively or you know anything i want to buy or experience you know so that you know that comes from a lot of it and also too just willpower like i personally have not had the willpower to like say hey i'm gonna do this full-time like you know i'm gonna do this full-time and still work a full-time job like when i get home from work every day i'm gonna go out and do a shoot or i'm gonna book two or three photo shoots a week and just stay on it like i don't have that willpower right now (laughs) um maybe in the future i will um but yeah i'm very much like i don't you're you're just buying yourself out yeah you yeah and i'm more of a work smart instead of working hard kind of person you know like do hard work and i like to work hard but i'd rather work smart if i can you know if i can do one photo shoot a week and have it pay me you know enough yeah 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 i'll do a nice quality photo shoot for i'll just throw a random number for like five hundred dollars instead of doing two or three photo shoots for a hundred like i'd rather do the one for five you know so i actually watched a really interesting youtube video yesterday and it was actually about content creation it was how to become how to make a million dollars as a content creator. 
Um, I send you the link because I think it's just really interesting for people just to watch generally. And the whole yeah. idea was um, there's this brand stress strategy. What is it? What's the title? He's like a brand strategist. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Is that the way to say strategizer? Okay, anyways, there's some dude who I sort of know it. That sounds unprofessional. Um, so basically, there's this um, guy called Phil Pallon, and he's like a brand expert or whatever, branding expert. And um, he was talking about like as a content creator, like the way you make a million dollars is you break everything down into different sections. You would have a higher tier, a middle tier, a lower tier, and then they're broken down into a higher tier, middle tier, lower tier. I mean, it's actually really, really interesting in terms of like, if you think about it, like you have different price points for different people. And that's what's going to get you money from different directions, from different ways of doing things. As right. you just said about, you know, rather than doing two, two shoots for 250, you'll do one for 500. But then also you might offer some other service where it's a little bit less money, exactly. but it's going to be less work. You know, I think that's really maybe like the idea of like diversifying the way in which you make money is I think maybe what people should be thinking about in terms of like putting your, right. your eggs in one basket. Because as he said, and it's true, like nobody makes a million pounds rarely from one income. Right. You know, so yep. something to think about. And, and like the different styles of photography I'm interested in, like I was mentioning earlier, like infrared and stuff, that's something unique I can offer to people that, you know, like there's not, you know, there's not a lot of photographers in my area that will shoot infrared. So if somebody wants to have that experience, they know who to go to. And that's something that I can offer them. Or like, you know, if I, you know, finally decide to, to buy uh, a better film camera, you know, I can offer, you know, film packages, stuff like that. Like uh, from a business standpoint, like I, I love that idea, like breaking it down into tiers, you know, like a one hour photo shoot versus a three hour or a half day photo shoot, all sorts of little like, um, logical and like analytical things like that I, I definitely consider and it's I think once I'm finally ready to fully like monetize my photography and and ex I think a part of me too is just kind of like I'm not fully ready to like take it on as a business yet either like I'm still really passionate about it as just like a form of art and expression and I think I'm just overcoming a few more hurdles before I'm ready to be like, okay, let me make this like a job too. Cause once it starts to feel like a job, you know, it, it, the energy around it, it changes a little. I mean, oh, I'm still absolutely about it and stuff, but like, you know, and I'm, and I'm the type of photographer too. Like I'll, I'll, I'll shoot, you know, situations that maybe I normally wouldn't, but most of the time I'm only wanting to take business with something that aligns with my kind of work you know um uh, you know it's just like for my time and what i'm interested in you know like i just think it's worth it more for me you know yeah of course like i'll do family portraits and edit them very like you know nice and stuff but if i can find a really cool like alternative family that wants to do something really creative and like different with their kids or or with you know like a couple or something i'll be much more like interested in jumping on that like if i had if 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 i had two families taking up a time slot and one of them was just a really simple like portrait session and maybe they were wanting to pay me more i'd rather take the family that would pay me a little less but do something a little bit more creative you know because like that appeals to me you know and i want to maintain that consistency like i want to be a consistent photographer for sure but i also want my style to be consistent too i want to like i want to stand out you know um as mine you know so and i and i i've actually done a few portraits out here and i did find myself editing them 
and my style and they were actually really happy with it too so that's kind of cool and I was like all right that's nice you know you know I didn't just do a cliche you know um touch up edit and and just like set the exposure correctly like I went in tweaked the tones a little bit added a little color grading made it look a little bit different and they really appreciated it yeah that's what you want you want to put your stamp on it yeah absolutely so how often do you actually show like the before and after of your work I haven't yet I want to um get into that part you know getting into finally getting into video content um I've been sitting on videos for months now and I'm just kind of getting them edited and curated and a lot of the editing I do is is just color right now because I'm not really good at cutting videos up and then transitions like I'm still learning that aspect of it I'm very much a noob when it comes to video editing I can shoot video really well like I used to have a, a stabilizer and stuff um, and everything I was really into it and used to do really nice transitions but just the editing part of it I just never took the time to like learn so that's something I kind of have to educate myself on first before I can like uh, dive into it full time but yeah, I like uh, the idea of before and afters. It's so cool to see like what a picture was and then what it's become. I'm also a little weary of it sometimes, though, because criticism can be a little jarring from, you know, more like entitled people, I guess, that aren't really passionate about editing photos. <laughs> but I don't care about what they think, you know, but at the same time, it's it still runs through my mind like, oh, do I really want to, uh, you know, but I the more I sit with it, the more I'm like, you know what, a lot more people are also expressing an interest in knowing like how I got to the edit that I did. So it'd be cool to show them the process. And there's a few artists I follow on, um, on Instagram that do like their before and afters. And it's just really interesting. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you could do all that with uh, Lightroom. You know, it's helped me learn some new things. You know, the thing that I'm really interested in nowadays with art in general is a pre-production. I feel like on Instagram, we see the final image so often. We never actually understand how the artist gets to that final image. We never understand like the thoughts, the ideas, the concepts, the kind of drive, the ambition. Like we don't really see any of that. And I'm kind of like before and after is a one good way to do that. But I think also I personally would love to, to have photographers have a YouTube channel where they literally just sit down with an image and talk about the image. I love that stuff, man. I love watching videos like that, especially, man. Like just watching a... There's a few, um, there's a creator I follow. He's like, a. he's kind of one of those hybrid creators. He does like photography, but then does digital and he'll just like live stream on Twitch. His name's Ty, uh, Ty died. I think you yes. might know. Him. I don't know as well. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'll just live stream on Twitch. And I just sat in on one of his live streams a couple of weeks ago for a couple, for like an hour or two and just watched how he puts in all the little neon things that he does and how he animates it. And I was like, blown away because like the first picture was just like still really good but simple and how he was able to transform it into something like otherworldly which he does with all of his images or I, I guess they because I think he's a he they I don't I'm not I'm not too keen on hit on their pronouns but we'll, we'll just say they um like just amazing it, I'm just blown away I'm like wow and I I I, I, never, I didn't think I'd be so entranced for like two hours just watching a person just edit their photos. But it was it was super cool. And it's, you know, for I would say the past 12 years now, I've always wanted to do YouTube. Like it was my dream when I was in high school to be a YouTuber. And back then it was for gaming because I was a big gamer. 
but I'm always like when I'm home alone, I'm pacing around the house and cleaning and stuff like thinking about, you know, I'm even practicing the way I would like talk if I was vlogging or like doing a YouTube video. And I'm like, so I'm getting like so, so close to wanting to like do that. And, and definitely doing like live photo edits is, is uh, some video ideas that I've had as well. I think it's super cool and just like, uh, you know, natural it's and it's laid back you know you could throw some music on and just kind of you know have a live chat going and you know it's it's cool i like that so that's interesting i actually didn't know he did live streams i didn't know he did that um i've only just seen his his static work i haven't seen any of his animations i've only just seen his static work because his work is cool but like that kind of makes me think now you said that like i wonder if in contrast to reels and to tiktok if people are kind of being a bit more engaged with long-form content nowadays because i feel like Sitting there watching somebody create something, you feel like you're part of that journey. Right. Um, and I'm kind of just thinking like, that might be why people are actually more engaged with like watching a live stream or watching people do stuff in real time. Because back in the day then, you know, you couldn't do that. That was like practically impossible. Right. But that's actually a really good kind of just consideration. And um, it actually makes me think I should do more live streams. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, something I've, it's something I've thought about. Um, actually, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to share some ideas I've got with you um i'll send you some suggestions and stuff and i'd love to know your opinion i think i, I really value your opinion and you'll be honest with me tell me if they're a good idea or not of course so let's get into social media what are your thoughts on social media and how does it affect your work so as i said earlier i only really dabble on instagram these days um i think i, I used to have a lot i used to have a twitter facebook all that stuff but i found myself being more attracted to like the visual aspect of social media so at the time it was mostly um tumblr and instagram uh tumblr kind of died um and i also just didn't have a lot of time to like make my mood board on there anymore so i drifted over to instagram and when i jumped on instagram a little bit more seriously was when i moved to hawaii i had a blast it was so fun i I'm pretty disappointed with the direction that Instagram especially has gone. It used to be catered to like photographers and it gave smaller creators a chance to have their work seen without having to pay for an exhibition or, you know, invest a lot of money or or resources into, you know, getting stuff printed or, or, you know, going to markets and, and trying to sell them at like a fleet. And like, and there's, I love all of that too, but the accessibility that Instagram offered when it first came out was amazing. And then they introduced algorithms and feel like after that, everything kind of like, you know, it's the whole social media saying like, if the product is free, you're the product, you know? And I feel like a lot of that has kind of become the main like thing for it these days. So I've had this weird relationship with it. Like I love Instagram for the social aspects. I've made some great connections. Like I've said, I get to throw my art up there, and lay it out how I want to. And it's, it's fun. But on the flip side of it, like if I wanted to, you know, be a content creator full time, like it's so hard nowadays and they want you to pay all this money for ads. And then even then you pay for ads and they, you know, doesn't really do much because you're not, you know, a celebrity or, or you're not, you're not in with the celebrities or, you know, it's become a, a huge like social class issue. I feel like too, you know, and um, you know, if you're rich and you hang out with rich people, those rich people can help you meet other rich people that can make you successful. But, you know, I feel like somebody like me um, that doesn't hang out with those kinds of people on the regular 
you know, it's a little bit more extra energy on my end to like meet those kinds of people and be accepted into that kind of, you know, community. Um, so I feel like that's kind of taken a weird turn. I never would have thought the social media would have gone this direction and not just social media, but like even YouTube, it's changed a lot, you know, and yes. that's partially why I haven't started doing YouTube yet. Cause I'm at the point where I just, I don't even care to make money on YouTube. I just want to make videos because it's fun and it's, it's entertaining, you know? And that's kind of where I'm at with Instagram too these days. I'm, uh, I like it for what it is. I, I see the positive out aspects of it, but I also can see where it has influenced a lot of like my um, obstacles or like hesitation to, to maybe um, be more monetized or more professional. Like I could have done so many things differently if I didn't try to just curate for you know social media. And like, I could have a website already. I could have my whole business, but you know, I made the choices I made with it and, and I'm, I'm at peace with it. Like I'm, I'm happy with it, but it's definitely gotten a lot harder to want to create for social media. And I feel like the whole community, like most Instagram users these days kind of are feeling that burnt out. It's like, what's the point of posting if no one's going to see it. But then I'm also like, well, just post it. Cause you want to post it. Don't worry about the numbers, but it still does suck to like, you know, put a lot of time and energy into something. And then you have like, you know, like I have almost 6,000 followers and only, you know, 10% of them will see it. Like we'll even see the post, you know, because of, you know, people either aren't online anymore or Instagram like restricts who sees your content unless it gets a certain amount of likes in the first hour or whatever. You know, a lot of that, that heady stuff that I'm not a big fan of, it's kind of tainted it a little bit in a way, but I'm staying optimistic. I'm kind of treating it, you know, part of me growing up and maturing too is like how I treat, you know, the things that I put my time into. And these days, like, I'm just having fun with it. I don't care to have the most aesthetically pleasing photo anymore. I'm not trying to sell a lifestyle that's unrealistic. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, only post the highlights of my life. You know, I just post pictures that make me feel something and hope that other people feel it too. And, uh, kind of go from there you know try not to stress too much about the numbers um it's taken me a long time to get there but I'm at the point where I just don't care like you know I have I have really cool connections and they see my you know they see my photos and they you know interact with me and chat with me so that's that's what really matters for me you know so I'm, I mean maybe I'd feel differently if I was a, a larger creator already and I had you know thousands and thousands of messages that you know, I wouldn't have time for, you know, I'd have to figure out how to navigate that. But I don't necessarily want to be like famous. But I also would like to have some sort of influence, you know, if that makes sense. You want to be known for doing something well, not because right. you've got the numbers behind you to say that you're quote unquote good at doing something that you don't know if you're good at doing. Right. I want the credit. I, I want to I want the credibility outside of myself, you know, because like I can give myself credit like, yeah, I, I work hard. You know, I, I do work pretty hard to create what I create, but it would also be super great to have the right kind of credible sources that could open up other doors for me to eventually, like I was telling you earlier, like make that a, a job instead of a job that I don't really want to work, you know, for example. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. That's the thing. Like, you'd be surprised. There's actually an artist yesterday actually um 
I'm not going to say her name because I don't know how comfortable she'll be with me saying that. But like, I, she actually had an ask me anything. And, you know, it was like, ask any question. I asked the icebreaker question, asked everybody, which is, what is the biggest challenge of being an artist? I asked that to anybody I meet in person or online. It's the best question to ask any artist because everyone's going to have a different answer and you can relate. Would highly advise anybody to use that. That if you know if you don't have to approach an artist that you really like, ask them that question. Guarantee it will get you talking. Um, and she was saying, you know, oh, the biggest challenge is that you know I don't do this full time. And I was like, wait, you don't do this full time. And I was just like, you look like you do it full time. It appears that you do it full time. Like I, I was like, I'm, I sent her a voice message earlier. Actually, I was like, I'm shocked you do not do this full time because you come across like you do, and it seems like you do. And she was actually really interesting because she was like, oh, I don't actually care about doing it full time. It's not really my interest. I teach. I've got other hobbies. I've got other interests. I've got, I've got family. And I was like, it's so interesting that we all aspire to have a career, a creative career without thinking that that might not be what your life is. That might not be what you're destined for. Like, and that's not a bad, and that's not a bad thing. Like it will give you the time to focus on other things. Because if you put, I just feel like if you put, your entire life if you focus on one thing for your entire life like and that thing falls apart you'll have to think and the creative industry is so fickle like what's great tomorrow would not be the next day you know you could be creating nfts and making millions of pounds one day and the next day no one is going to care and no one's going to yeah. purchase work from you and i think yeah okay obviously it works for a lot of people there are a lot of really cool artists who work who work full-time and they're amazingly great artists but what i'm always interested in is like how do people kind of how do people like justify kind of the time and effort they're spending on something that's so uncertain, you know, I right. just, I don't know. Like that's I find beauty, it. That's the beauty of art though. The whole starving, yeah. art, the whole starving artist theory, you know, and everything it's, it, that's, I think that's what makes it most exciting for me is like the mystery of it and the unknown. And I'm just somebody that's really into that. Like as much as I like to have like my routines and like have, plans and like kind of know what I'm getting myself into the other part of me really is attracted to like the mystery of it and not really knowing what could happen but just doing it like the risk that's like all part of the human experience for me is like taking those risks and seeing if it was worth it and similar to said artists that you were just talking about I have a lot of other interests too and I've tried all kinds of you know i was pursuing a music career for a minute I was pursuing a psychology degree I was pursuing um a theater you know um avenue at some point like I've tried all these different things and I still have a lot of passion for all of them but um photography for me and video has just been something that like it is so accessible and so easy like I don't have to put a lot of effort to take a photo you know unless I like you know do put on like a really good production or something um playing music and stuff like I really have to like be at the space where I have the instrument and then I have to make sure nobody's home because I play the drums <laughs> so you know there's just a lot more like like there was just factors that had to, to be perfect in order for me to, to pursue that and then of course similar to any art industry the music industry like you're not you're not going to make it like, like most bands aren't going to make it, you know, you do it cause it's fun. And I just kind of got to a place where this is fun, but I'd rather put my energy into something else. So I tried that. And then, but yeah, photography has been that constant for me since I started doing it where like, 
even if I'm not taking photos, I'm still, I've always just been interested in photos, you know, and maybe I'm just hardwired to like look at photography now on social media because I've been doing it for so many years, but I enjoy it. You know, it brings a bit of peace to my mind, you know, like, um, you know, some people read books. I like to look at photos at night before I go to bed, you know, because it gives me almost influences some pretty cool dreams and stuff too, you know. A photographer that I have spoken to on occasion who I need to really support more um, is JJ Brandon. I don't know if you know his work. Love Brandon. He's he is awesome. Such one a nice my, guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the first accounts that I really started following when I got into like that moody, dark, cinematic kind of vibe. So yeah, he Brandon is awesome. So lovely. I haven't really spoken to him properly yet, like in terms of like how I speak to you or how I speak to a lot of the photographers. Yeah. I actually sent him some stickers ages ago. Um, so he's got some cool stickers, which like, nice. like stickers, which is cool. Um, but we were talking a while ago about kind of, cause he shares a lot of work as well. Actually him, you and him are the reasons that I started creating guides and then started creating the Sunday spotlight series because you did guides. And I was like, I had no idea this existed. Um, and actually you two were the reason that I create what I do, which is awesome because it just shows like, you know, you're influenced by people you influence. It's great. Um, it's like a circle. But um, we were talking about the idea of, like, how do you make sure that you don't ruin your own work by looking at so much other art? I, um, it's taken a lot of discipline, I feel like. Uh, I think just where I'm at spiritually, like, a lot of the insecurities I have are with myself, but not, like, with what I create. Like, I'm really proud of what I create. Um, some days, you know, I'm like, eh this isn't like a super banger of a photo, but it still evokes an emotion that I'm feeling. So I'm going to go in and throw it up. And when I, when I look at other people's work these days that are like just far, far better than mine in terms of quality and composition. And I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to say that like there there's definitely like, I mean, all work is great, you know, and subjective, but like there are just some people out there that are just incredibly talented or just like, I'm just like so envious of like, dang, I wish I would have had this scene in those circumstances, you know, even places I've been before that other people have shot. I'm like, dang, you got there on that day when it was looking like that and you had this in your subject and it's just so good. But um, if anything, I'm just happy. Like, I'm happy that I've, you know, been, you know, either been to that place before and had my own experience or, you know, can it's a new place I haven't been. And I'm like, you know what? I never wanted to go there, but now I do, you know, not just to take a picture, but just to see it. It's super cool. Um, and then, yeah, I also just, uh, I accept that, like, I am where I'm at with my process. Like, I edit on a crappy yeah. old ad, I shoot on a crop sensor camera, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm a middle class person, <laughs> you know, I mean, like yeah. so many that go into it like everybody's journey is going to look different because of the circumstances and the equipment they have and also just the perception that they have everyone sees the world differently and I don't let it get to me too much anymore um there was a moment where I was upset that well it was actually a moment when my camera had gotten stolen from me so I didn't have a camera for like a year or so and I was upset because I was having to take pictures on my iPhone and like I just couldn't get that depth that I was looking for that you can get it in like a, an actual camera, you know? So that kind of like was frustrating for a minute, but 
I, I just changed my attitude about it, you know, and just, just like, you know what, a real artist uses the tools they have at their disposal. Absolutely. There's a huge, um, there's a huge skill in taking like good iPhone pictures. Like it's a much different kind of feeling, you know, than putting your eye into a viewfinder and holding a camera horizontal vertically, like pulling up, pulling up your camera on a phone and having the whole touch screen at disposal to kind of see what you're doing and stuff. There's like a, there's a different skill involved with it. And I'm actually really proud that I, I got to do that for a little bit, just like shoot on, just be limited to my phone because it, it taught me how to take better pictures with my phone. And now when I go out and take pictures of my phone and stuff, like people are like, Whoa, how did you get that with your phone? And I'm just like, yeah, just practiced, you know, like just yeah. practice, yeah, you know? Actually, practice is actually stupidly important. I think that's something that we forget because we expect, like, we kind of expect things to be perfect. I think we all kind of put a little bit too much pressure on ourselves to be great. And you don't need to be great. Like, that's the thing. You know, we look at people like, say, for instance, like Henry Film or people like Todd Heider, who are, you know, who have had the, maybe not Henry Film necessarily, but like who have had the, like, the accolades and the credibility put behind their work. And we kind of, match we try to match our work with theirs but we don't think about their history we don't think how long it's taken them to get there right because Todd Harder didn't come swinging out the gate with his images that he created he had to get there he had to get to a point he had to establish a reputation he's now got and I feel feel like we kind of almost assume even with social media we assume like oh yeah we can just be an overnight success when actually like no you can't really you can get you can get the numbers overnight right but you can't get the reputation overnight Exactly. And even the even the creators that are really good at being able to get, you know, 10,000 followers in their first month of starting a new account, like it's super impressive. That stuff used to bother me, like, be like, dang, I've been on Instagram for over 10 years, and I haven't even got, you know, I'm only halfway to 10k still. But like, I don't like you said, it's just the numbers. And like, at the end of the day, like, I'm proud of the connections that I've made on the platform. And they're all unique. You know, I'm not just some random photographer to these people like i actually have conversations and we talk about common interests or you know talk about life and and that's what it's really about for me and and that's what makes it all like worth it you know and and i when i when i think about that aspect of it i i kind of forget about the comparison and the competitiveness all you know And, and it just it actually makes me more like happy to see people's great creations and see their success because i'm like shoot if they can do it so can i i just gotta you know, keep um, staying optimistic and be supportive, you know, like the energy you put into it is the energy you'll get back. So if yeah. I'm going it all negative and like, you know, like um, kind of entitled, you know, then that's the kind of reaction I'll get. And I've noticed since I've been a lot more humble on like interacting with people, responding to my comments, you know, responding to my DMs of just people I don't even know, just it, it's gotten me a lot more of a, um, appreciation you know and um you know people stick around a lot longer because they're like oh this is a real person you know and this person actually cares about me supporting them and and i think that's really important yeah you know no matter how big you are like i feel like you know if i was a, if i'm as big as henry film you know someday and i'm getting you know four or five hundred comments on a picture four or five hundred comments is going to turn into a thousand because i'd want to respond to every single one of them saying thank you you know like you know, I mean, that would take a lot of time. I would probably yeah. have to dedicate like three hours out of my evening to do that. But um, I would do it because, you know, I'm just I'm really appreciative of 
of the support, you know, like you don't have to like my photo. You don't have to share it. You don't have to comment it. You choose, you know, and if you choose to, then I think that's really cool. You're choosing me, you know, like that's really cool, you know. And I think the great thing is that you can tell very quickly who's interested in your work because, you know, the way you engage with people and people engage with you, like what I've definitely found is that like, when you message somebody or somebody messages you and it becomes, you know, a bit more of a conversation as opposed to just being like, Oh, I like this. I like that. I like this. Well, you know, you know, it's like, cause people liking posts are great, but I'm always like, it's where it's for me. It's like, it's in the DMS that really count. If people really like your work, they will tell you. And if they tell you, then you know, they're people you want to talk to or, you yeah. know, it's just, I don't know. I feel like as I've done the flying fruit ball for, I don't know how long it's been now. It's probably been about two and a half years, maybe like consistently um i've just realized like the way i engage with people is very intentional but like in the from the best place possible and i feel like we don't see enough of that on social media where it's like we're not like i don't ever say i don't contact people because they're gonna get me more views and more likes right i contact people that i actually like like everybody i invite because i like their work like i never look at numbers and it's funny because i had an interview a long time ago now there's probably interview number three with a really cool artist called Tom Lona. Um, he does really, really great, just really, really great characters. Has a really cool style. Um, I saw his work say he's, he's just a really great guy, super extroverted, super lovely. And I I sent his work to Laurie, who obviously I keep mentioning because she's a good friend. And she said to me, she was like, Wow, he's got 20k followers. How did you like how did you reach out to him? And I said, the same way I reached out to you, I literally messaged him. And he said, Yes, like I don't treat people like i said i don't know how many followers he has because i don't look at people's follower accounts i'm not right. that's not that's not what i'm interested in i'm interested in people's work i look at people's work and be like i think that person has something to say or like oh i want to it's it's very selfish i choose people because i want to ask them something about their work that's why i do it and i feel like you know who's gonna who you know who your audience is because they reach out to you and they're willing right. to extend that conversation they're willing to actually talk about things they're not just going to like something and move on i think that's where you know where your audience lies Right. And even the people that do like, Hey, thanks for coming by. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the whole part of the game. But right. I think it's just like, it's nice having people who care that a bit more, who actually, right. who actually are curious, who are kind of willing to invest their time into you. Yeah. They might yeah. not be buying your prints because they might be able to afford it, but they're still kind of, they're still trying to understand you in a way. And I think as an artist, you want to be understood. Yeah. And, and what you were saying about just being authentic with your engagement, like, and authentic with your experience on the, on the, on a platform such as Instagram, like that's really changed my whole experience on the platform in general. Like I don't, I don't follow a lot of people. I really only follow people that I consistently want to see, you know, their work like every single time. And so I'm really picky and selective about who I follow. And that's actually helped me to like, enjoy the platform because i'm not just seeing a bunch of randomness anymore i'm you know i've unfollowed a lot of personal people in my life too because i just like love you and we can still talk but on my home feed you know and i have a whole explore feed to find new people and i i'm actually on the explore feed all the time like like i'm on my home feed a lot you know but like i'm always on explore finding new people interacting with accounts discovering new people you know it's it's really awesome, but because I've curated my my homepage the way that I have, it's made the experience a lot more positive for me because I don't feel like I'm wasting time. I'm seeing content that I want to see. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's super important. Yeah, I'm communicating with artists that I want to communicate with or that I already have a connection with. And then in turn, that helps me meet newer artists that I can eventually communicate with and stuff too. So, you know, I think curation, um, both from a posting standpoint and from a viewing standpoint, is very important. Um, so that way you don't get burnt out on the platform because Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, it's gotten very like um, political and like with ads and, and all the advertisements and the promoting and all this stuff. And it's, it, it's overwhelming. Like I can yeah. only scroll through about 10 minutes of Instagram before I'm ready to hop off and not get back on for another couple hours. Whereas back in the day when there wasn't any ads or any of that stuff, you could literally scroll for an hour. You get sucked into it, but not because it's sucking your soul out, but because you're just like, you're seeing everything you want to see, you know? Yeah. So it's changed a lot with all of the new algorithms and stuff, but I found a way for me personally to like enjoy the experience. And that's by just following people that I want to follow. And, um, you know, I go through probably once a month and unfollow people that maybe just don't serve me anymore or, or you know, yeah. maybe not that often anymore because I already don't follow that many people, but I keep it that way. So my experience on the platform is enjoyable. Otherwise, I won't engage with anybody and then nobody will engage with me. And then it's like, well, what's the point? You know, <laughs> might yeah. as well not program anymore. Right. So you kind of have to figure out you know how to discipline yourself to enjoy the platform because at the end of the day like we're not going to be able to change anything like it's too far gone at this point facebook has you know turned it into what it is now and just gotta adapt or die you know that's very true i like that's a great phrase it's a very great phrase um it's only about another like 10 or so questions probably not even that probably more like six or so just so you're aware is uh what are the sacrifices of being an artist I would say oh, that's a good one because that's a, that's a, that can that can go shallow or deep. Uh, I would say the sacrifice is well. First off, is just being an artist. You know, like the starving artist theory that I was mentioning earlier. Just like you have to, you have to be okay with doing it for free. You know, like you have to be okay with the idea of it being free, not just not just like free as in like you're offering your services for free, but it should feel freeing to you as well, you know, like, so, but that's tough because, you know, not everybody, it, it's not, a, it, it's not the average person's forte. I mean, I would say most people appreciate art, but a lot of people aren't going to like time or energy into art. You know, it takes a, takes artists or people that appreciate art to do that. And you know, the world that we live in nowadays, like art, I feel like definitely gets more and more um, belittled and kind of swept under the rug because uh, I won't go into a bunch of conspiracy theories, but, you know, a lot of the, you know, dominators of the world are trying to repress that because art is expression and expression is freedom and freedom. You can't control freedom, you know? Yeah. And so that's a, uh, kind of a big sacrifice you know like you know for example i can't just like call out of work one day and say hey i got this really amazing photo shoot that i can't miss i'm not going to be at work today they're going to be like uh you're fired <laughs> you know? yeah of course you know it'd of be course. amazing <laughs> you know but like art isn't really taken seriously on that level unless you're in the industry itself you know so that's kind of sacrificing another thing uh that i can think of is just sacrificing the 
you know, the time to invest into your creative self, you know, like it's taken me a long, long, long time to kind of get to where I am, like what I enjoy taking pictures of and the style that I've developed and like what's fascinating to me and what I, what I, what my type is as far as entertainment and art goes, you know, um, I pretty much like everything, you know, music, movies, and, you know, all, all sorts of genres, but it took a lot of time. You know, I had to watch a lot of movies that maybe I didn't like to know that oh, I don't really like that kind of movie, you know, or I had to listen to music I didn't like for me to be like, yeah, that's not really, you know, that's like time wasted, you know, <laughs> but it, it wasn't because, you know, you, you, yeah. you discover more about yourself in the process and yeah. Um, money has been a bit of a sacrifice. I've had to sacrifice a lot of money to invest in the equipment I have. And now it's like all outdated and I'm going to have to invest more money into getting this, this stuff to keep me relevant. Uh, I mean that partially, of course, you know, um, I, I think you can create amazing stuff with outdated stuff nonetheless. Uh-huh. And there's even a whole community for that. There's literally people that will take pictures on a 2007 razor phone and they blows it you know uh (laughs) yeah i mean there's a community for it all but yeah not much sacrifice that i can think of other than just like my identity like i'm an artist you know i present myself as this artist and that only attracts you know like i said the people that are interested in that you know so that's the only thing I can really think of in terms of sacrifice um, off the top of my head right now. I'm sure if I like thought about it more and maybe smoke some weed or something, I could get a deeper with that answer, you know, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's a great expression for me. It's a great outlet for me. Um, I sacrifice a lot more not doing art than I do doing art because I have to right now, you know, to work and, be responsible so that's kind of the sacrifice of it too is since it's not something that can sustain me right now I have to put it on the back burner more times than I'd like to you know survive you know so my next question is actually not my question um it's actually from a podcast called um, Arts Here by a really cool artist called Andrew Norris and the question he asked the question I was like this is such a good question I don't think I should ask for permission though but I just took the question anyway. But hey, I'm crediting him, so it should be okay, I guess. Don't sue me. Um, so the question is, how has art changed you over time? Oh, that's awesome. That's a great question. Yeah, it's it's made me into this really eclectic character that I am. I, <laughs> that is the best description of yourself. Yeah, uh, it has definitely helped turn me into this eclectic being that I am. All of the little influences that art has played whether it's been through music or or movies or or entertainment photography video all of the above social media it's it's played such a cool role in in shaping me into this like artist that I am and and I have so so many interests and I don't think I would have had that if I didn't have the internet at my disposal and then even before the internet had like you know parents that supported me being artistic and and you know friends and family being really supportive and all of that so it's it's definitely it's been such a positive influence on my life and I will I will forever be an artist I mean even if I decide to not do photography later on down the road I mean I don't see that happening I'll always be taking pictures but I'll always have sort of artistic 
endeavor that I will be pursuing no matter what, because that's just who I am. It's what I like to do. Um, I'm definitely in that art artsy click, you know, like I'm the family member that does the artsy stuff, you know, and a lot of my family knows that. And um, they really respect that and admire that, especially with all that I'm doing with it these days. And I'm nowhere near where I'd like to be, but um, I'm happy with where I am. And there's always, you know, something more to strive for, you know, but I'm just appreciating where I'm at now and uh, looking back at how far I've come and looking ahead of what's to come in the future, you know. My next question for you is what does it mean to be a successful artist? I think it's if the art that you're creating brings you peace, that's that's the true success for me. Like if you're at peace with what you're creating and when I say peace, like you're content with where you are, you're not being overly hard on yourself. You're not like, you know, putting like the wrong intentions into what you're creating and curating. Like I, I think a sense of peace is probably the most rewarding thing you know obviously having financial success but the money is just a tool to get you the things that you want so it's not really the goal for me um it's just a it's just a tool that i can use you know with money i can get more equipment to make my quality more you know impressive for myself and for others and that means a lot to me because i'm always trying to be a better version of what i already am you know so that that to me is success. And then just knowing that I've impacted somebody like plays a huge role in, in feeling successful. I don't know if that's necessarily like what success is, but for me, it feels really good to have an impact, you know, just to have somebody like drop in and comment on one of my pictures of what it reminds them of, or, you know, or just like making them feel something for a moment. Like I live for that. That's, that's what I enjoy, you know, like it, it's like that feeling after you get done at a concert that you've been looking forward to and you leave the venue and you're just like, wow, that was incredible. Like that, that's the feeling I'm going for, you know? So that's the feeling that I like to feel. That's the feeling I would like to uh, evoke, you know? That's super cool. And I think that's, yeah, it's the idea of experience, isn't it? It's the idea of like being attached to something other than just a nice image. It's like having some kind of... <clears throat> Absolutely. So my next question is a double barrel question. Um, so the first part of the question is, in your opinion, what makes a good piece of art? So from a subjective, from a subjective point of view, like everything can be considered a good piece of art. But me, what I like, I like atmosphere. I like mood. I like, um, I like landscapes a lot. Like I love looking at people and stuff, but there's something about a landscape that's just a little bit more like, personal to me because I've spent a lot of time in nature and I really appreciate it on a deeper and spiritual level so I'm really drawn to like landscapes and just like planet earth even places I haven't been before on planet earth it's so amazing it's like I cannot wait to go to like Iceland someday I cannot wait to go to oh. and like that is just like a moody that'd be paradise. so incredible I might just move to Iceland screw America <laughs> Do <it. laughs> you know like I, you know there's just move to England yeah yeah I'll move to Europe man like like you know yeah yeah way better better benefits <laughs> And no, uh, Iceland's just colder at the time, so yeah. don't go to Iceland. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of gun violence. I'm down for that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, well, but yeah, um, 
that's kind of what I'm drawn to. Uh, anything that's kind of got like a dark edge to it too. I like edgy artwork, you know, I like really dark kind of surrealism, you know, really creepy kind of like um, Salvador Dali kind of style where it's like surreal, but also real. And, um, you know, I've always been, I, I've just, I was always that kid that liked going to art museums. And so I've always just kind of had a knack for art to begin with. And that's kind of transmuted into photography now. And, and, you know, I was doing music since I was a little kid. So I, I'm drawn to pretty much all forms of art, but the moodier kind of edgier stuff is kind of what's catching my eye these days. You know, it always changes depending on like where I'm at in my life and what I'm doing, you know, like when I was living in Hawaii, like I lived for tropical and travel photos. Like that's all I liked nowadays. I don't like looking at them that much because I get FOMO, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, dang it. You guys are out in like Cabo swimming with, you know, tiger sharks. And I'm just sitting in my bedroom pretending I was there, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the, I like the moody stuff right now. It's, it's been making me feel a certain way. And that's kind of why I post a lot of it too on my, uh, on my social platforms, because, um, if it makes me feel something that I'm probably not the only one feeling this, you know, so other people probably feel it too. And yeah. So the second part of that question is what was the last image or piece of media that captivated you? And what was it about it that left an impression on you? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Let me think for a sec. Yeah, go ahead. Let me go over to my Instagram for a sec and just see <laughs> what I got in my saved. I mean, a lot of the stuff I put in my mood boards is definitely, um, you know, stuff that it, um, really makes me feel, you know, really great. You know what? Forget it. Off the top of my head, like, I've been really getting into infrared you know, photography or like following more infrared photographers. I just think it's so cool to like take a picture of the forest. And instead of the leaves being green, it's like a bright pink or a bright red because that's how the infrared picks it up. I think it's so freaking cool. Like imagine watching an entire movie shot in infrared. It'd be so, it'd be so organic, but also so like surreal at the same time. Cause everything like visually is the same. It's just the colors that aren't, you know, and it would just be so cool. I've been really feeling like, like I want to convert my camera into getting the infrared sensor on it so I can like do that. I just think it's so cool. Like you can even just take a really boring picture of something and it's still so interesting because it's an infrared, you know? So I'm really, I've been really feeling that. Um, This photographer that I've been following for about two months now, she's based in Portland. She takes just amazing, like just landscape photos of the world, but she started an infrared photography account the other day and I followed it and I've just been like loving it because I'm just like sweet. I mean, her photography is already amazing. You slap on her infrared stuff too. And it's just like quality. I'll send you her account here in a little bit. She's up his toe. Yeah, she's been really, she's a pretty big creator too. And she's always like responding to my DMs and stuff, like really humble, seems really like laid back. And, you know, it's, it's cool. I I, I dig that. You know, I really like, I like when really good photographers are down to like have conversations with photographers that are like inspired by them, you know? Yeah, it's important. It's important to engage with people that engage with you. It's important. Absolutely. No matter at what point, what kind of status you are, or what kind of level in your career you're at, I think it's always important because you're always going to, it's like, you know, a cycle, you're always going to inspire somebody and be inspired. And I think exactly. it's important to pass that along, you know, be that kind of artist that you want other people that you be the, be the artist 
wait, how am I going to say this? So be like, give back the way you want to receive and vice versa. Like, and uh, like, uh, you know, there's always a point in time in which there are people you look up to that you asked for advice and they gave you advice. You right. should be the same to other people because, you know, the way you ask other people is the way that other people ask you. I think it's important. All to remember about that. that. All about that good karma, man. <laughs> yeah, karma. That's the word for it. Uh, so I have a question for you from the last person I interviewed. So I did an interview with this really, really cool artist called Constance Regardso. And uh, she creates these really, really interesting, very realistic, but not deliberately realistic images of mainly women floating, like mainly women floating in water, like submerged, partly submerged. Some of them are really abstract. Some of them are just like, like the detail and the tones and just the, her work is beautiful. Like it shimmers and it's just, oh, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but her question for you is how important are limits and constraints to your output? So to your work and are they a benefit or a hindrance? That's a really great question. I, I think having limits and constraints are important because it allows you to kind of reach that next step in your career process you know like i don't necessarily believe this in fully but you've got the beginner you got the amateur you got the semi-pro then you got the professional you know and i think putting certain limits and constraints on what you're where you're at in the moment can help you get to where you want to be like for example like i don't like to spend more than about 10 to 20 minutes editing a photo if i'm spending more than that i feel like i'm kind of out of my league with what I'm trying to do in the moment, you know? Um, but at the same time, like, I know that if I just come back to it later and, and maybe put an hour or so into it, it could be what defines me from being a amateur to like a professional. I think, um, I think the limits that I put on myself are really important in my creative process because it allows me to not get burnt out and it allows me to still be in love with what I'm creating. Um, because, you know, the type of photos I take, I can edit them so many different ways. I can make them look moody or I can yeah. look bright. I can make them look vintage and retro. I can make them look futuristic. It's like I have all these forks in the road I could take with how I want it to look. But right now, as I was saying, I'm really drawn into the moody scene. So I'm kind of keeping it that aesthetic because that's kind of how I'm feeling. And I think if I, you know, the fact that I am limiting myself to that right now is allowing me to kind of grow in that community for now and then you know once i have you know a lot of people that know me for that and, and see me as a credible you know artist, <clears throat> i can like throw in different stuff every now and then it's kind of like when a youtuber that's only done one you know form of content their entire youtube career but then like does a vlog or something and switches it up you know it's like it's good to it's good to it's good to break those limits and constraints eventually, but I think being comfortable with where you're at in the process is really important too. And then whenever you're ready, you know, you can take that step and break out of that and have a whole new set of limits and constraints. You know, it's like breaking through your creative ceiling. That's kind of how I interpret that question. Like, how do you like to break through your creative ceiling? And for me, I kind of stay comfortable in it for a little bit until I'm ready to be out of my comfort zone with it. And then I'll push on to something new. And I'm actually starting to do that now, now that I'm out here taking a lot more pictures in Texas. Um, my photography is getting a little bit more on the retro kind of sunsetty kind of vibe again, rather than all the dark moody stuff. Um, and I'm enjoying that because I'm incorporating a little bit of both of it now. And, and my feed is starting to look a little bit more alive, not just like moody, but also like, 
you know, artsy and vibey and stuff too. And I like all those kinds of words to kind of describe my art, you know. I would say it's looking more hopeful. Yeah, definitely. That's how I describe it. Because I feel like, don't get me wrong, like I love, as you well, are well aware, I love a moody image. I think they're, they're amazing. But I think sometimes we can kind of sit in that space of, of um, unhappiness for a long period of time <laughs> or longer than we need to. And I think, you know, it's actually, to be genuinely honest, it's actually something I've noticed a lot, actually, with people like Passe and people like um, I'm Surrounded By. Even people like JT Fox and Zaki Yanko, mm-hmm. who predominantly do a lot of moodier stuff, that a lot of people's work nowadays, there is a nice change or a nice little shift to kind of images that are a little bit more kind of, just a little more upbeat and a little bit more kind of celebratory in terms of where they're at in life, as opposed to being kind of too, con- you know, too contemplative and too kind of um, unhappy or, or like moody, I guess. Right. Um, there's definitely been, a, in my opinion, a shift slightly. Um, especially with like JT Fox and Zaki Yanko, the stuff they're creating now is very different um, to how, what they used to create. And even Jojo Brandon, like really recently, he created a few stuff that was very different to what he yeah. creates. I've really enjoyed seeing that. It's nice to see completely different sides of people because it's too easy to get caught up in in creating one image or one type of image or getting boxed in for no, for being known for one type of image. So yeah. I don't know. I think the fact that you're doing that and you're happy doing that, I think that's the best thing. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, and I love I love that perspective of it, and I, that's kind of something I'm pursuing actively too. It's like, you know, I, I since I do have so many interests and so many aesthetics that appeal to me, I I like to I like to create that as well. You know, not just like you said, be boxed into one thing. You know, I don't want to just be the moody guy. I want to be Nico Evermore. You know. <laughs> So, do you have a question for the next person I interview? Uh, who's the next person that will you will be interviewing? I do not know yet. Well, I, I do know, but I don't know if it's going to happen or the not. Artist or photographer? Artist. Okay. So, my question to them would be, how are the current events happening around the world influencing the type of art that's being created? And why would these why why would that influence you in the way that it is so how are the current events that's a really good question i feel like everybody has better questions than i have so does artistic freedom exist and is there a fine line between morality and creative expression oh yeah artistic freedom is real you can um there's so many different ways it is too like um like when you're just getting into a different art that you haven't done before and you like start taking for the first time that vulnerability and that like um kind of that innocence you have with it you know not knowing the the social game and the political and the financial game that's involved with all of it just doing it because you were interested in it in the beginning you know like being a kid with it a child with it it's so uh that's so freeing and then after you kind of go through all of the the realities of it all, like, oh, you know, like camera gear is expensive. Lenses are expensive. Yeah. You know, uh, getting people to commit to a photo shoot is a lot harder, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, not comparing yourself to other creators, you know, like once you bust through all of that and you have a really peaceful, you know, experience about it all, then there's like another side of freedom to it that you can experience as the experienced person in the artistic, you know, endeavor. Um, and then what was the second part of that about morality? Yeah. So the second part was, 
Is there a fine line between morality and creative expression? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there is. Um, it's all about your intention, you know, whether your intentions going into to what you're creating, you know, um, are your morals good? You know, there's um, definitely a lot of, you know, creepy examples I could bring up, but that's pretty obvious, you know, for sure. But yeah, it's all about the morals that you're going into it with and like your intention. What are you, not only what are you getting out of it, but what are you giving to, what service are you offering to the person that you're photographing or the subject you're photographing to, you know, like even, even if it's not a person, if it's a, na- a piece of nature, like I'm photographing this view because I want more people to maybe see this view for themselves someday because it brought me a lot of peace and maybe it will bring other people peace too. seeing it on a phone screen or even just like doing some research and figuring out where it's at and going to it themselves, you know? So, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, it's all about the intention that you go into it and the creative expression part of it with, and ties to morality. It's, it's very like, um, it's a really cliche answer, but just be a good fucking person, you know? Like, be passionate about what you're doing. Try not to take advantage of people. Express what you're feeling, you know. Have the consent to express with people if you're collaborating with them. Like, get them excited to be a part of what you're trying to create too, you know. Whether it's the model itself or the people viewing, you know, like your your work, you know. Like, get them, you know, immersed in it. So... That's sort of advice that. Yeah. Um, so what would your younger self think about your work? Oh, my younger self would be like, so just like bummed that I had to grow up. <laughs> I mean, they're like, oh, cool. You learned how to use a camera, but like, dang, can we go back to like, to the aesthetic of your pictures and stuff, please? <laughs> no, nah, I think my younger self would be really like, um, would be really fascinated and proud about all the, the progress I've made and all of the artistic ways, you know, like um, when I was a little kid, I only listened to like rock and roll music, but now I listen to like everything. It's changed my life so much to have so many different musical influences. Um, when I was first starting off on photography, when I was like, you know, in high school, like I, I would have never have guessed that I'd be taking the type of pictures that I'm taking today. And I've had the opportunities to, to photograph what I have before. I mean, I've done events, I've done, you know, models and, and just, you know, I've done photo meetups where I've met people that are really successful in the industry. And it's just so cool. I would have never thought that my younger version of myself would have like gotten to this part with it, but I'm really happy it has. And, um, you know, I'm still kind of like my younger self is still very alive in me for sure. (laughs) You know, I got that I got that Peter Pan syndrome big time. <laughs> That's so cool. So, right. So the very last question, double worry question, which is um, what are you currently working on? And where can people find more about you and your work? Awesome. <laughs> That's like, a, I feel like I'm at the end of a Hot Ones interview. Because <laughs> he always asks that at the very end too. Like, he's like, what do you got going on with your life? <laughs> So right now I am just kind of working on getting my tens of thousands of photos kind of organized and, and into appropriate albums, editing the things that I want to edit and just kind of slowly putting stuff up on my uh, Instagram 
just kind of focusing on that right now with everything else being so busy. But I've also started a few new projects. Um, well, one of them I started a while ago, but take a, I'm taking a hiatus right now until I can have a little more free time and focus on it. But I uh, started a magazine called Nightfall Magazine, and that's just basically going to be a cool little curated mood board where I feature other people's work that kind of makes me feel like what the word nightfall means, you know, what does nightfall mean to me? You know, it's kind of like, you know, the hours of dusk and like nighttime kind of vibes. So, and, and that's just another way for me to give back to, to people that really inspire me and, you know, help yeah. them get more traffic on, on their page. If they're trying to build a business or just get, you know, appreciation that, you know, I get on some of my pictures that really makes me feel like really proud to keep continue to do what I do. I also have another magazine that I'm working on called Blues Day. You and I are talking about that. Something a little more fun. Um, keeping both of these things kind of digital right now, but I have plans to to maybe do some physical copies in the future and um, maybe do some like artist panels like you were mentioning before. Um, I think like just a way for me to give back to the community is really important to me now that I'm kind of more established as a creator myself it's like how can I yeah I'm really into building empires you know I want I want the creative empire to flourish you know yeah. so aside from that um, I'm just kind of focusing on making money right now so I can invest in some more t- uh, tech that can make my uh, photo process a lot more um, streamlined and a lot more in, um, enjoyable so I'm kind of in this kind of lull period but um, creatively brainstorming a lot of things, starting to get a website um, more on the front of my mind so I can like desperately get that made because I really want the freedom of a website. Looking into getting some business cards, just kind of like turning my hobby into more of a profession now. That's kind of where I'm at. And uh, got a few little projects on Instagram, like I was mentioning with the magazines. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of, kicking it you know enjoying my free time when i have it trying to create when i can and uh the best way you can find me right now is probably just going to be instagram at the moment because i don't have anything else yet but we're getting there we're, we're making progress i will have a website made by the end of this year it's on my yearly goal to do list to have my website up and running and i already know you're going to want to help me out with that a bit and i love to utilize you for that for sure <laughs> absolutely honestly i'm more than happy to help i love i just love having people like i think that's really kind of i've kind of reached a point where i've just realized like i just really want to help people like i said to i messaged some artists actually yesterday and i was like because uh, I, I was talking to them about content creation and, and reels and stuff and i said to them i said look i said no well no actually they posted on their that instagram they were like you know uh, they're, they're finding very hard to to balance content creation with creating art and i messaged them on the uh on their real i was like you know this is what i've like that's sounding big-headed like after speaking to artists this is what i've kind of discovered and then i privately messaged him and said look i said look i said i'm no professional so if you need help with reels i said give me a shout i'll do whatever i can for you because getting into kind of content creation for artists that's something i actually really want to get into as well i think it'd be a really interesting avenue and you know the money side of it is a different matter because i'd do it as like a pay what you want kind of service because i'm not interested in in it being like a career but it's something i really want to get into just going passionate about it i think it's great if artists don't have the time to do that or they're not sure because as i said to this guy i was like you know i said people either you know people might not be tech savvy or they might just not want to do it 
you know that doesn't mean that they should miss out because of that like if other people there want to do that kind of stuff then why not let them yeah like yeah like <laughs> i just do a lot of random stuff so you know that's it's 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 cool but you know i just i just like having people i've always liked having people it's just part of my nature and i feel like the art community really might need it more than others so like why not help people like it's the best thing i could do it's the best thing i could do with my time no i love that about you that's why i'm really uh you know drawn to you um that's super sweet right i'm gonna say thank you very much nico it's been an absolute pleasure for me honestly That concludes the second and final part of my conversation with photographer Nico Evermore. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com or please get in touch via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruitball podcast can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, Apple Music and YouTube. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of these platforms to help spread the word. Also, please check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you'd like to support the platform further, we now also have a Patreon page where tiers start from £1. For £1 a month, you can get rewards such as early access to interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, weekly created YouTube videos, and the chance to ask interview questions on our next podcast. If the donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal. The link to that should be in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Flying Fruit Bowl today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.